0: Section 7 of The Book of A Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.
1: The Book of A Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 6, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton.
0: Section seven When it was the five hundredth and fifty fifth night, she said It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sinbad the seaman continued And after carrying all my victuals and valuables from the cavern to the coast, I abode a long while by the sea, pondering my case, till one day I caught sight of a ship passing in the midst of the clashing sea swollen with dashing billows so i took a piece of white shroud i had with me and tying it to a staff ran along the seashore making signals therewith and calling to the people in the ship till they espied me and hearing my shouts sent a boat to fetch me off when it drew near the crew called out to me saying who art thou and how camest thou to be on this mountain whereon never we saw any in our born days i answered I am a gentleman and a merchant, who hath been wrecked and saved myself on the planks of the ship, with some of my goods, and by the blessings of the Almighty, and the decrees of destiny, and my own strength and skill, after much toil and moil, I have landed with my gear in this place, where I waited some passing ship to take me off. So they took me in their boat, together with the bundles I had, made of jewels and valuables from the cavern, tied up in the clothes and shrouds and rode back with me to the ship where the captain said to me how comest thou o man to yonder place on yonder mountain behind which lieth a great city all my life i have sailed these seas and passed to and fro hard by these heights yet never saw i here any living thing save wild beasts and birds i repeated to him the story i had told the sailors but acquainted him with nothing of that which had befallen me in the city and the cavern lest there should be any of the islandry in the ship then i took out some of the best pearls i had with me and offered them to the captain saying o my lord thou hast been the means of saving me off this mountain i have no ready money but take this for me in requital of thy kindness and good offices but he refused to accept it of me saying when we find a shipwrecked man on the sea-shore or on an island we take him up and give him meat and drink and if he be naked we clothe him nor take we aught from him nay when we reach a port of safety we set him ashore with the present of our own money and entreat him kindly and charitably for the love of allah the most high so i pray that his life be long in the land and rejoice in my escape trusting to be delivered from my stress and to forget my past mishaps for every time i remembered being let down into the cave with my dead wife i shuddered in horror then we pursued our voyage and sailed from island to island and sea to sea till we arrived at the island of the bell which containeth a city two days journey in extent whence after a six days run we reached the island kala hard by the land of hind this place is governed by a potent and puissant king and it produceth excellent camphor and an abundance of the Indian rattan. Here also is a lead mine. At last by the decree of Allah, we arrived in safety at Basora town, where I tarried a few days, then went on to Baghdad city, and, finding my quarter, entered my house with lively pleasure. There I forgathered with my family and friends who rejoiced in my happy return, and gave my joy of my safety. I laid up in my storehouses all the goods I had brought with me, and gave alms and largesse to fakers and beggars, and clothed the widow and the orphan. Then I gave myself up to pleasure, returning to my old merry mode of life. Such, then, be the most marvellous adventures of my fourth voyage. But to-morrow, if you will kindly come to me, I will tell you that which befell me in my fifth voyage, which was yet rarer and more marvellous than those which forewent it. And thou, O my brother Sinbad the landsman, shalt sup with me as thou art wont saith he who telleth the tale when sinbad the seaman had made an end of his story he called for supper so they spread the table and the guests ate the evening meal after which he gave the porter an hundred dinars as usual and he and the rest of the company went their ways glad at heart and marvelling at the tales they had heard for that each story was more extraordinary than that which forewent it the porter sinbad passed the night in his own house in all joy cheer and wonderment and as soon as morning came with its sheen and shone he prayed the dawn prayer and repaired to the house of sinbad the seaman who welcomed him and bade him sit with him till the rest of the company arrived when they ate and drank and made merry and the talk went round amongst them presently their host began the narrative of the fifth voyage and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say
1: when it was the five hundred and fifty-sixth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the host began in these words the narrative of the fifth voyage of sinbad the seaman know o my brothers that when i had been a while on shore after my fourth voyage and when, in my comfort and pleasures and merry-makings, and in my rejoicing over my large gains and profits, I had forgotten all I had endured of perils and sufferings, the carnal man was again seized with a longing to travel, and to see foreign countries and islands. Accordingly, I bought costly merchandise suited to my purpose, and, making it up into bales, repaired to the where I walked about the river Quay, till I found a fine tall ship, Newly builded with gear unused, and fitted, ready for sea. She pleased me, so I bought her, and, embarking my goods in her, hired a master and crew, over whom I set certain of my slaves and servants as inspectors. A number of merchants also bought their outfits and paid me freight and passage money. Then, after reciting the Fatia, we set sail over a last pool and then an all joined chair, promising ourselves a prosperous voyage and much profit we sailed from city to city and from island to island and from sea to sea viewing the cities and countries by which we passed and selling and buying and not a full view till one day we came to a great uninhabited island deserted and desolate whereon was a white dome of biggest bulk half buried in the sands the merchants landed to examine this dome leaving me in the ship and when they drew near behold it was a huge rucka's egg they fell a beating it with stones knowing not what it was and presently broke it open whereupon much water ran out of it and the young rucka appeared within so they pulled it forth of the shell and cut its throat and took of it great store of meat now i was in the ship and knew not what they did but presently one of the passengers came up to me and said oh my lord come and look at the egg we thought to be a dome so i looked and seeing the merchant's beating of the stones called out to them stop stop do not meddle with the egg or the bird of Rocco will come out and break our ship and destroy us but they paid no heed to me and gave not over smiting upon the egg when, behold, the day grew dark, and the the sun was hidden from us, as if some great cloud passed over the firmament. So we raised our eyes and saw that what we took for a cloud was the rucka, poised between us and the sun, and it was his wings that darkened the day. When he came and saw his egg broken, he cried a loud cry, whereupon his mate came flying up, and they both began circling about the ship crying out at us with voices louder than thunder i called to the reyes and crew put up to sea and seek safety in flight before we be all destroyed so the merchants came on board and we cast off and made haste from the island to gain the open sea when the ruckas saw this they flew off and we crowded all sail on the ship thinking to get out of their country but presently the two reappeared and flew after us and stood over us, each carrying in its claws a huge boulder which it had brought from the mountains. As soon as the hiraka came up with us, he let fall upon us the rock he held in his pounces. But the master put about the ship, so the rock missed her by some small matter and plunged into the waves with such violence that the ship pitched high and then sank into the throat of the sea, and the bottom of the ocean appeared to us. Then the Shereka let fall her rock, which was bigger than that of her mate, and as destiny had decreed, it fell on the poop of the ship and crushed it. The rudder flying into twenty pieces, whereupon the vessel foundered, and all and everything on the board were cast into the main. As for me, I struggled for sweet life, till Almighty Allah threw in my way one of the planks of the ship to which i clung in bestriding it fell a-padding with my feet now the ship had gone down hard by an island in the midst of the main and the winds and waves bore me on till by permission of the most high they cast me upon the shore of the island at the last gasp for toil and distress and half dead with hunger and thirst so i landed more like a corpse than a live man and throwing myself down on the beach lay there a while till i began to revive and recover spirits when i walked about the island and found it as if it were one of the garths and gardens of paradise its trees in abundance dight for ripe yellow of fruit for fright its streams ran clear and bright its flowers were fair to the scent and to the sight and its birds warbled with delight the, the praises of him to whom belong permanence in all night. So I ate my fill of the fruits and slaked my thirst with the water of the streams till I could no more and returned thanks to the Most High and glorified Him. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and fifty seventh night, she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that sinbad the seaman continued so when i escaped drowning and reached the island which afforded me fruit to eat and water to drink i returned thanks to the most high and glorified him after which i sat till nightfall hearing no voice and seeing none inhabitant then i lay down well nigh dead for travail and trouble and terror and slept without surcease till morning, when I arose and walked about under the trees till I came to a channel of draw well, fed by a spring of running water, by which well sat an old man of venerable aspect, girt about with a waistcloth made of the fibre of palm fronds. Quoth I to myself, heavily the sheikh is one of those." who wrecked in the ship, and hath made his way to this island. So I drew near to him, and saluted him. And he returned my sailor by signs, but spoke not. And I said to him, O Nuncle, mine, what causeth thee to sit here? He shook his head, and moaned, and signed to me with his hand, as who should say. Take me on thy shoulders, and carry me to the other side of the well-channel. And quoth I in my mind, I will deal kindly with him, and do what he desireth. It may be that I shall win me a reward in heaven, where he may be a paralytic. So I took him on my back, and carrying him to the place where he pointed, said to him, Dismount at thy leisure, but he would knock it off my back, and round his legs around my neck. I looked at him, and seeing that they were like a buffalo's hide for blackness and roughness, was affrighted and would have cast him off but he clung to me and gripped my neck with his legs till i was well nigh choked the world grew black in my sight and i fell senseless to the ground like one dead but he still kept his seat and raising his legs drummed with his heels and beat hard on the palm-rods of my back and shoulders till he forced me to rise for excess of pain then he signed to me with his hand to carry him hither and thither among the trees which bore the best fruits and if ever i refused to do his bidding or loitered and took my leisure he beat me with his feet more grievously than if i had been beaten with whips he ceased not to signal with his hand whenever he was minded to go so i carried him about the island like a captive slave and he be and cock-skittled my shoulders and back dismounting not night or day And when, as he wished to sleep, he wound his legs around my neck and leaned back and slept a while, then arose and beat me, whereupon I sprang up in haste, unable to gainsay him because of the pain he inflicted on me. And indeed I blamed myself, and sore repented me of having taken compassion on him, and continued in this condition. Suffering fatigue, not to be described, till I said to myself, i brought him a will and he requited me with my ill by allah never more will i do any man a service so long as i live and again and again i besought the most high that i might die for stress of weariness and misery and thus i abode a long while till one day i came with him to a place wherein was abundance of gourds many of them dry so they took a great dry gourd and cutting open the heed, scooped out the inside and cleaned it after which i gathered grapes from a vine which grew hard by and squeezed them into the gourd till it was full of the juice then i sopped up the mouth and set it in the sun where i left it for some days until it became strong wine and every day i used to drink of it to comfort and sustain me under my fatigues with that froward and obstinate fiend and as often as i drank myself drunk i forgot my troubles and took new heart one day he saw me drinking and signed with his hand as who should say what is that quoth i it is an excellent cordial which cheereth the heart and reviveth the spirits then being heated with wine i ran and danced with him among the trees clapping my hands and singing and making merry and i staggered under him by design when he saw this he signed to me to give him the gore that he might drink and i feared him and gave it to him so he took it and draining it to the dregs cast it to the ground whereupon he grew fulsome and began to clap hands and jig to and fro on my shoulders and he made water upon me so copiously that all my dress was drenched but presently the fumes of the wine rising to his head he became helplessly drunk and his side muscles and limbs relaxed and he swayed to and fro on my back. When I saw that he had lost his senses for drunkenness, I put my hand to his legs and loosing them from the neck, stooped down well nigh to the ground and threw him at full height. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section seven.